0: fascinating story and some incredible reporting by ProPublica and the Chicago Tribune. Jody Cohen from ProPublica and Jennifer Smith Richards from the Tribune talk about ways that schools are kind of working with police in a way, I guess, to ticket kids, and we're talking kids, sometimes not even teenagers, for relatively minor offenses that then have lasting impacts on their lives potentially. Jody and Jennifer join us now. First, I'll say hi to Jody. Jody, thanks for hopping on with us today.
1: Thanks for having
0: me on. All right. And Jennifer from the Tribune, you're here too, right? Sure am. Thank you. Great. Anytime we have two guests on two different phone lines, i just like to make sure uh, before we jump in. All right. The broad strokes of this story, and Jody, correct me if I'm wrong, is that there is a state law that prevents schools from, what, uh, fining students for discipline, but there's some that seem to have found a way around it by getting the police involved. Can you explain it a bit more?
1: That was a good summary. Uh, (laughs) Illinois lawmakers in 2015 passed a broad school discipline law trying to prevent um, real exclusionary type punishments over too many suspensions and expulsions. And they also put in that law that school cannot issue fines as discipline. So if a student does something um, wrong at school, misbehaves, you can't give them a monetary fine. That is in state law. What's happening is that when students um, do things like are caught with a, a vape pen or do something that a school official considers disorderly or if they're truant from school which actually is part of a separate Illinois law um, which we can talk about what's happening is they're being referred to police and the police are then giving them a ticket like a citation for violating a local law and that typically comes with a monetary fine.
0: How does it play out? Do they call the police and the police come to the school and hand it to the student? Is it at the end of the day, there's one officer there writing all the tickets and as the kids are walking out, they get handed to them? Do they get it at home? How does that actually, that process work?
1: Actually, all those ways you just described. Huh. So many, many schools now have a school resource officer, a school police officer who they, they contract with, who um, usually the...
0: Oh, I think we lost you, Joe. Do you still there? Uh, With these storms coming through, sometimes that happens. Jennifer, can you pick up where Jody left off, perhaps?
2: Sure. So what she was describing is that um, many it's very common for schools to have a police officer based on campus. And so that person is there all day. They can write a ticket at any moment, um, doing what law enforcement officers do, you know, enforcing the law. Um, But there are definitely schools that um, will call their local police who will come down and write a ticket and can hand it to the student or to a school administrator. Um, and absolutely, sometimes um, police officers will deliver the ticket to the student's home. Wow.
0: Now, Jennifer, how many tickets are we talking? Is this dozens? Is this hundreds?
2: Right. So we looked all across the state. We looked at about 200 school districts um, over the last three school years. And, you know, for much of that time, um, kids weren't in school at all because of the pandemic. Um, even so, we were able to document um, right around 11,800 tickets that have been issued um, to kids, you know, ag- again, in all types of um, school districts, mostly focusing on high schools. But I, I do want to note that some of those tickets did go to kids in junior highs. We would um, occasionally run across junior high schools or even elementary schools and see that tickets have been issued to kids um, who are quite, quite young, elementary age, even.
0: And, and Jody, this is outside of the juvenile process, right? Like, because I know if you if you break a law or you break a rule as a juvenile, there's an expungement uh, process that you can undergo after a certain time to get this off the record. Some of these offenses they they, they they last forever on these on these kids' records, right?
1: Right. So these are not being charged criminally; they are not in juvenile court. Um, they these tickets are being processed through local court. Um, they're not really courts, these, these local hearings that um, are in police stations, village halls. So these quasi-judicial proceedings really designed for adults, you know, to deal with parking tickets, red light cameras, noise violations, dogs barking throughout, you know, things like that. And juveniles um, are, are now in this system. Often we would go to these hearings and it would be the majority of people there would be children, students, actually, from school. And... The juvenile court laws um, provide for expungement when you have a criminal charge in juvenile court, sometimes automatic expungement, actually. Mm -hmm. But ordinance violations are not part of that. So there's, there's nothing in state law that provides for the expungement of an ordinance violation.
0: When you describe hearings, Jennifer, I kind of picture like in, in the old days when the courts were all tied up. They'd get during Prohibition days, they'd get like seventy offenders in the room at once and get them all to plead guilty or whatever right away. Obviously, that's not what's happening, but is that similar to what? I mean, Jennifer, what do the hearings look like?
2: Yeah, they're they're really interesting. Some, so we we have been in so many of these. Um, municipal hearings across the state. But one thing that feels very similar between them is that they kind of do model themselves after a court hearing. So sometimes you'll see somebody acting as a bailiff and you'll see sometimes people acting as court reporters, um, you know, there's a hearing officer who you know isn't a judge but is a a lawyer who the municipality has hired to decide these cases. And you know, just like in a court, you have to enter a plea of you know liable or not liable. Sometimes even guilty or not guilty. Um, and if you want to fight the ticket, you have to plead, of course, not liable. And then you may have the opportunity to go to a hearing and present evidence on your behalf, or even to cross-examine witnesses. But all of this is happening, you know, again, as Jody described, like, outside of a proper, you know, criminal justice system. Oh, um, it is, okay, it hold is on. It's completely Can I, happening yeah, um, the- on... Just, Sorry, go
0: ahead. No, I just want to pause you because I just want to reiterate that because I, I misunderstood too. So when you say that there's someone you know appearing as a bailiff and there's someone appearing as this, so th- we are not describing an actual courtroom. This is a lawyer, you said, hired by a municipality to make these determinations. But if a student doesn't want to pay that fine, they can then go into a more traditional hearing the way we think of it as. N- not
2: even a more traditional hearing. I mean, it is, it is a you know, a lowercase t trial at the local level, Um, it's like you would have no right to representation, you know, to to provided representation. Um, If you don't speak English, you don't have a right to an interpreter. Um, You're sort of acting as your own um, in your own defense and presenting your own evidence if you if you do decide to go through a hearing.
0: Interesting. Uh Jody and Jennifer, we're going to put you on hold really quickly. We got to take a break. Uh, but I have a lot more questions again about this. And I imagine you might as well. 312 We'll try and get some answers after this on Let's Get Legal Powered by the Illinois State Bar Association.